Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is the part where life gets, as you were saying, like complicated, but you're going to have two little people. Yes. And then you're definitely the breadwinner. So like if your husband lost you, now he has all that childcare cost by himself and the mortgage, right, on just his salary. Right. And that would be a lot. Right. You're making almost three times as much. Okay. That was really helpful. Hey, Future Rich fam. Today's episode is the second part to episode 202 with our guest, Caroline. Go ahead and listen to that episode before you listen to this one if you haven't already. To recap, Caroline is 36, lives in Colorado with her husband, and works in the financial industry. They have one child and a baby on the way. She has a healthy budget but worries that she and her husband didn't do enough in their 20s. She wants to ensure that they're doing all the right things now that their family is growing and their budget has become more complicated. Hope you enjoy this episode. Please give us a rating and a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. And thank you so much. Okay, now you know, and then you can verify to make sure my understanding of your work plan is accurate with the 22500 and then using the defined contribution limit. And it's a great way. I don't think it's the best thing to do with the new baby, but once we get through the childcare thing and you're used to spending money, if your plan has this, that's how you could use it okay. once you get through the childcare. That makes stretch. sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will say, speaking of the childcare stuff, so we don't count on getting my bonus every year. Okay. So when I do get it, like it's not like I've allocated it necessarily. So I was thinking I could maybe use that next year to like front load 529s. The check. Yep. Potentially in the childcare account too. Put some of that towards the right, new house. Because your 15000 that you're living on is your base salary and yes, your husband's exactly. salary. Yeah. 
So we don't factor in the bonus. Well, because you ma- you're really maxing out your 401k pretty much without it. So what do you net after, like with your bonus approximately? Between maybe like 65 to 70% I take home of it. Oh no, I think it's like 65 to 70. My other state took a lot more. Colorado's a lot more generous with their withholdings on it. Okay, so if you get an $80,000 bonus, you're walking away with around 50, we think, yeah. give or take. That sounds right, right. Okay. And I do have my, contra- you know, my 401k contribution comes out of that too. So whatever percentage I have at the time will come out of the bonus as well. So I kind of front load my 401k a little. So yeah, because if you're doing November and then you're on maternity, right? Mm-hmm. November, December, January, February, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you would get paid that bonus though. In January. In January. That would really cover the childcare. Actually would. Yep. The other thing that we do do with the bonus now, we've done this the past few years, is we front load our travel account from it because we like to vacation. So yeah, I do too. I usually just take it out of there and just do a minimal amount per month into the account. Otherwise that we, that it's not like we only have that fixed amount. So that's the only thing that I typically will earmark out of the bonus. I would say with this upcoming childcare expense, I mean, Mm -hmm. we have the $400 back a month that could go towards travel. I think it would be better to reserve it for childcare. Okay. Childcare is, it's not permanent. I mean, think about it. You could just put that right back in vacation once the kids are in school and have like a really nice vacation. True. It's a bit of a stretch to get through the childcare phase, I think. So you think just front load the childcare a little bit? I would just keep it in a high yield savings and use it for the childcare. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. I pay my daughter's tuition up front for the year because you get a small discount okay. if you do that. And so like I save for the year ahead. So everything that goes towards your tuition actually sits in a savings account right now anyway. So I could just put it in there. Okay. That's what I would do. And not to say you're not going to take a vacation, but I think I would do the vacation out of the social security money you're going to get back and that 400 and that can go towards vacation because vacation would come out. You don't want to like, you're not going to miss a month of childcare for a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would prioritize the, yeah, be like, see you later, kids. We're on vacation. So I would prioritize that money for the childcare and then whatever is left over is okay. the vacation money. Because once they're in the same school, will there be a discount for having two children or will it be 4000 There will. However, I think my daughter will be ready for kindergarten by the time. Perfect. Okay. So I actually, like we could keep her at the other school for another year and pay like $20,000 for that year. But I think, I doubt we would do that just to have the convenience of having them at the same place. Yeah. Okay. So that's perfect. So then we really only have like two years, I would say of overlapping costs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's perfect. So it's 24 months of overlapping costs. I would definitely prioritize the bonus for the childcare because it literally is going to sunset. Even if that means, you know, the vacation isn't going to be as expensive, but yeah. you also have like, you're going to have a brand new baby. So I would do that because then the childcare, your youngest will start at the 2000, your oldest will start, right? So then after 24 months, it's only 2000. And then the bonus goes back to vacation, down payment, whatever. Okay. I don't want to take away from like retirement or any of the other stuff. Right. Which we wouldn't do. I mean, like we'll still put the couple hundred dollars towards our investment account every month. That's kind of our... <laughs> I would love to retire before 60. So that's kind of like... Yeah. How much is in that one? We have 55000 in our brokerage account. And we used to put more in it per month, but just with the childcare and everything else, I reduced that a lot. Also, the market does not give off a lot of confidence these days. So no, it does not. It does not scream wanted confidence. wanted more cash on hand. So do you have your total, what you have? I can add it up, but do you have your total there for net worth? Yeah. So for investment accounts... I'm just over 600,000. 
amazing. And that includes the 529, but... Perfect. That's fine. So without that, it's more like 570. Okay, perfect. So I would say this is just a two-year stretch where it's going to be expensive. Okay. And so I think that renovating the basement, making that comfortable so that grandparents can visit and you can stay in that house longer, I think is ideal. And then I think once we get through the childcare stretch where you have the first one in school and it's just 2,000 and not 4,000, then you can go back to ramping up the other goals, right? And I would say that once you eliminate total childcare costs, the other 2,000, like that's where you have that flexibility if you wanted to upgrade your living situation, right? Because I just think it would be really stressful to do it with childcare costs too. I agree. It's like another mortgage. Our mortgage would be nuts. Yeah. Because if we do move... I mean, our mortgage is a little expensive here because the actual mortgage isn't bad, but our insurance, we have two different policies because we're in a flood zone. Oh. Oh, it's the worst. So like our actual mortgage is only, I think it's like 2,900 and change. But it's the flood insurance that's killing you. It kills us. So, because our property taxes aren't horrible, but it's the flood insurance plus the homeowners. Oh, so I would even say, given knowing that, because you never get that back. No, nope. It doesn't appreciate flood insurance, <laughs> right? Yeah. So maybe you do sell that rather than keeping that as like an investment. Okay. Right? I mean, because think about it. That's a lot you're spending a year on flood insurance. So what is this flood insurance a year? Like 6000 or something? I think it's, no, it's actually not that bad. I think I'm spending 2000 something a month on or a year on flood insurance. Okay. But over 30 and then years. My homeowners is about the same too. Yeah. Okay. So that would be something to uh, cost to weigh, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to see what other areas of the area we live in are <laughs> flood yeah, zones. Yeah, flood zones. Well, because, and also the reason the insurance is expensive in a flood zone is because they think it's likely to happen. It did happen. It did happen. <laughs> so, okay. It did happen. About 10 years ago, there they had a oh, flood. No. So it, it could happen again. They called it a hundred year event, but I don't really believe that anymore with global warming. Yeah. So that is a factor that is not necessarily just financial, but like headache factor, right? Like if it's not your primary and you have tenants in there and it actually floods, like, do you want to be in charge of that? No, that's a great point. Cause I had thought about keeping the house and renting it if we could. I mean, I think that's a bit of a pipe dream, but I hadn't even thought about that having renters here and it flooding. Yeah. You have to think about that. Cause that if, if you think that that is something that could actually happen again and like, it's very hard to predict that stuff, but if you live in a flood zone, it means it's more likely. I got flood insurance in Utah just because we had 903 inches of snow 20 minutes from our house. And so I just figured water wow. finds away. And the flood insurance mm-hmm. wasn't particularly expensive because I don't live in a flood zone. It has never got happened. It. But I got it because I'm anal and I'd rather pay for it for one year and not have to deal with, God forbid, there is a flood. I don't want to deal with it. I want to have it covered. And for what I had to pay to have flood insurance so I could sleep at night, it was 100% worth it for me. But if it was a flood zone, I, as a landlord, you have to weigh the pro and con of what the investment return would be and also your time. Right. You're a high income earner, so you need to weigh the investment of your time. Right. That makes total sense. Yeah, I know. On TikTok, I don't think they really highlight that as when they're like, real estate's the way. It's like, it can be, 100% can be, but there's other variables besides just the income. Because I'm just not a big believer you can hire everybody for everything. It's your house, it's your money. No one is really going to care quite as much about it as you. So if there is a flood, even if you have a management company, I would just make the assumption you're going to be involved. Yeah. I have visions of being a a landlord, but I don't think I want to be a landlord in a flood zone. So that sounds wise to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
makes perfect sense. <laughs> I have some clients that are landlords in like hurricane areas, like where the house is on stilts. Oh, and bless their souls. I think they've been through a couple of hurricanes and then they were like, not anymore. Because you have to make yeah. sure like either you have to fly down there if you're not living there. Or to make sure your tenants are like really getting the house really prepared, right? Mm-hmm. For the event. I just think that's like not talked about enough for certain areas. I did have a client tell me uh, the other day, the advice he was given for how to make money at real estate was to buy the property, collect the rent check and never go there. AKA be a slumlord, oh. right? Like don't do <laughs> nice. any of the, right? I was like, I don't know that, that I don't, I would feel bad, but there are people that can do that and not feel bad about it. But the way to think about a house is it's literally the mortgage taxes and insurance is the minimum you're going to spend because there's always something happening. And the flood zone is a different variable, in my opinion. Yeah. No, that's, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I had never thought of that because I'm just so used to having it. Like it's been wrapped in, this is our first house. So I, you know, I just don't think about it really. Yeah. What you could do is take the profit from that, roll that into the next property. Historical average mortgage rates, if you're paying somewhere between four and 6%, like, yes, it is way higher than you're used to, but that's not a 15% mortgage, which is something that has happened in the past. And you also then have the luxury when Mm -hmm. you make the decision, I would wait till the childcare cost sunsets completely. And then I would sit Mm -hmm. down and think about like, what would it rent for? Is there enough of a profit to make this worthwhile? Is it not something we want to deal with? We just want to, when we're we're only going to be maintaining one house, not two houses and right. with the consideration of a flood zone. Okay. Okay. And then your other little piece of homework is to double check on your work plan. Yes. I might switch that back just while I wait to figure that out just in case. Okay. <laughs> um, and then did you have other questions? I do have two or three other sure. questions. So what is the difference between the 403B and the 401A? Because my husband's allowed to max out both accounts. Yeah, it's very common that you see both the 401A and the 403B. There are different plan uh, designs. Okay. And I believe one of them is voluntary. I would really have mm-hmm. to look it up and get back to you. I think the fourth, well, 401A, I think, is the voluntary one. Okay. Meaning, like, you don't have to contribute, the, like, the employer will contribute to it. Right. But you don't have to if you don't want to. They're both employer sponsored plans. It's not like you can't have it. I would have to look it up. So, basically, the, these numbers and letters refer to where the plan is found in the IRC code, which is the IRS. Okay detailing of it. Uh, the one I looked at this week, I had a, have a, someone who has a 401A, they're only contributing to their 403B and then their employer okay. contributes only to the 401A, but automatically. Right. So obviously these are all for nonprofit, right? Like a, mm-hmm. exactly. a 401A, you're not going to see it with a, you're not going to get like a 401K and a 401A. It's usually with a 403B. So what I think you're going to find is he is probably underneath that same limitation that I gave you, the 66,000. Yes. Between both. Okay. So he'll fall under that. And my assumption is, and I'd have to double check it, but my assumption is his limit, his employee limit on the 401A and 403B is going to be the same. So the Mm 22,500. I will say that the 403B does allow for additional catch-ups usually that you don't have with a 401K. So that's something to like kind of jot down. So when you get closer to retirement, you can put a bit more money in there with the catch up. Okay. He is putting a little 
bit extra between the two accounts. Okay. Like he's exceeding the 22,500. Like one of them's maxing out or between the two, he's going over 22,500. Total with the combination, but that should be fine. With his, yeah. Yeah, because I think his okay, overall yeah. limit is going to be 22,500 times two, but I will have to check on that. Okay. And his employer gives, I think, 10% of his salary. That's what they match. Oh, that's great. So you guys are getting really good matches. We are. I've actually never had, I mean, I had a discretionary match at my last employer, but this is the first time I have like a guaranteed match, but he usually always has it because of the nature of the places he works, which is nice. Yeah. That's fantastic. It definitely will help you ramp up for retirement. Yeah. I'm going to double check this. It looks like the 401a might just be the overall defined contribution plan limit. Okay. The 401a is not something I run into very often. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have both. I only know about it because of him. Okay. Yeah. I know we don't, I don't think we've had anyone on the show with a 401a. So when you have access to like more than one, it means like when you get farther along, like once childcare cost or reduced, mm -hmm. and then like you decide what you're going to do with the house and you have extra money and you maybe want to retire early or put more money away, then you can take advantage of the fact that as a household have 401k, 401a and 403b. Okay. That's a good idea. Cause he will have higher limitations than you because he has access to two plans. Right. Speaking of retiring early. Okay. I would love to do that. Or I mean, I wouldn't mind still working, but just kind of stepping down from having such a rigorous job. So if we were to do that, because obviously you can't touch a 401k or any of these plans until you're what, 60? 59 and a half is technically okay. the rule, but there is a thing called uh, a 72T. Okay. <laughs> Not to like throw so much at you today, but um, the 72T. I, I love okay. it. <laughs> The 72T allows for pen penalty-free withdrawals from IRAs and 401ks and 403Bs. Because remember, 59 and a half is like that 10% penalty. You still always pay taxes on it if it's the traditional type of money. But some people are at full retirement age, you know, like government workers and so forth. They have like 30 years in at 55. Mm -hmm. And so there is a way around that should you retire early that we can take money out. It, I won't get into like all the weeds of the rule, but just so you know. Yeah, I'll Google it. Our next partner has a product to use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months I've been prioritizing my health as I've recovered from a nasty case of long haul COVID. I love that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements in because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, and probiotics. It's been super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus it's way cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, 72T um, can be used. And I've done it for people. It's fine. Okay. It's basically equal and substantial. You have to take an equal, a substantially equal periodic payment. And I think it, it has a rule of it has to be five years or 59 and a half. And then you just 
we set it up as like a set payment. And then we have to just get that 72T removed when you get to the right age. Got it. I haven't done one in a while, but it's not hard to do. So don't worry about the 59 and a half. If you guys get to 55 and you are more than ready for retirement and comfortable, that shouldn't be the reason you don't retire. Okay. You can get around the 10% rule. Yeah. There's ways around like almost everything. It's good to know. Yeah. I thought the only way to get around it was really to have a separate brokerage account that you could draw from instead. But that works too. And you could just say, we're going to use this from 55 to 59 and a half. We don't want to go through the 72T paperwork, which is fine. But there is okay. a way around it because government workers, you know, you start at 25, you retire at 55, you know, we right. get around it for them. So yeah, because right now with 600,000 total and you're 36, that gets to one, you know, you know, I love doing the compounding of interest. So at 7.2% compounding interest. So then at 46, you're at 1.2 million. And then at 56, you'd be at 2.4. Okay. And is that combined or just me? That's combined. That's what your 600,000 total, okay. total dollars currently. So that's not including any additions, right? And you're both adding so right. much a year plus the employer matches. Right. So yeah, you're going to be in, in okay. great shape. The one thing I will warn you is be careful with the next house because where I see people, I just did a podcast interview about this yesterday, housing cost, like if you get caught in a really expensive mortgage, it can detract from like an early retirement, in my opinion, right? Because then right. you still have a payment. And so having that flexibility in your budget, you just want to make sure that the next house also aligns with an earlier retirement or a step down in income. Right. That's a good thing to point out. Okay. I think my only other question was, how much do you think I should have in my emergency account? Gosh, well, now you have another little one. I know. So big expenses... Not doing registration, car, vet, gifts, restaurants, discretionary. So your main expenses are 5000 times 6 would be 30 I would try and get it up. It'll be hard. You're about to hit a very expensive part, right, with the new baby. Right. So here's the deal. You have the brokerage account. Mm -hmm. So even though the emergency fund is 22 you also have the investment account that's 55 So if there's really an emergency, you would just tap that. You also have the I-bond money coming back. Right. And if you've lost your job. Yeah. As much as grandma and grandpa would like their own bedroom, you probably, unless you were in the middle of renovation, wouldn't lose your job and start a house project, I would assume. Correct. <laughs> I mean, it just it wouldn't be a great finding. It would just be so much stress, I think. Yes. So you have enough with all the buckets to cover an emergency. The technical answer would be you probably want to be closer to six months okay. for that those fixed expenses. I mean, you probably would want to add your, you still need to have a car even if you lose your job. So mm -hmm. I would say at least get it up to 30. But okay. the way I would look at it, if you came in, would be like, well, we have enough money. Please don't renovate your house if you lose your job. Like right. get a new job and then do the renovation. So that's the way I would do it. Longer term, if you wanted to check the box, I would say emergency fund should be like 30, maybe 35. 35. Yeah. I was thinking 35 right, yeah. to 40. Yeah. Just so that you covered nothing changed yeah. for six months. Yeah. And then once we get it to that number, can we stop putting money in? I mean, it sits in a high interest account, but we can stop. Okay. You just stop out of sight, out of mind. Great. Life flood insurance and life insurance. It's great if it just sits there and accrues interest. Oh, and that's right. the only other okay. thing. Do you have life insurance? I always forget about that one. <laughs> uh, we do not actually, <laughs> but we're in the process of getting it. Okay. So we each have like a small policy that would pay out by our employers if we pass away. Okay, perfect. It's not much though. Like mine said it was my salary, but it actually looks like they capped that. They might, yeah. As an employee benefit, they might cap it. I think we'd only each get $50,000. So 
I'm actually going through benefit enrollment right now. So I'm going to enroll myself and then I can do my spouse for up to 200K. So I was going to do Perfect. my husband for up to 200K. And then I was thinking for myself, I do, I think you can do multiples of your salary. So I was going to do either 400,000 or 600,000. Do six, you're 36 and you're the high income, you know, you're the breadwinner. Yeah, it's going to be a nominal difference between those two face values, but God forbid something happened to you. It'll make all the difference for your family. Okay. All right. Yeah. My father-in-law told me the old rule of thumb was you want to get insurance for at least what's left on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So then that way the mortgage is paid off because you don't ever want to have a personal tragedy and a financial tragedy. Right. And then just confirm when you do the benefits that that portion of insurance, not the 50,000 is an employee benefit that if you leave that employer, you take it with you. Okay. Because my advice would be if it's only while you're employed, you just have to ask them like you up it. But if you leave, you know, it's not, it's only through them. You have to be employed for that additional insurance to be effective. If it's not a benefit you can take with you, Mm -hmm. then my recommendation would be you and your husband each get your own policy that is yours. So it doesn't matter where you're employed. Okay. Yeah. I think I bet you can't take it with you. So, okay. So do that now because there might not be any health questions if, you know, you just sign up for it and you get it because it's group enrollment because you can't get life insurance while you're pregnant. You have to wait till you're not pregnant. <gasps> I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, awful. Yes. Um, okay. So I would do the one through work. So you both have it, peace of mind. And then what I would also do when you're not pregnant, your husband can do it now. Right. His is going to be more expensive because he's a man and he's older, is I would each get your own policy. I would do 30 years. You can always get rid of it if you don't need it. I would just get level term, which means it's the same premium for the time frame. You're renting insurance. So at the end of the time frame, so 30 years, if you don't use it, which is the goal, mm-hmm. there is nothing there, but it's the cheapest. And I would get an amount, you can do a multiple of salary. Most people just choose an amount that they think they're, if God forbid they weren't there, their family would be comfortable. So if you wanted to say, you know, I'll do 500, then the mortgage is basically paid off. Or I want to do 750 because the mortgage is then paid off. There's money for the girls for school or girl and boy. And then your husband can choose, his might be a little bit more expensive. So you could always do 20 years on him if you want instead of 30, if the price is better, but then at least the kids are of the right age and the mortgage is paid. Yeah. The mortgage is paid. And yeah. So most people do it based on how much they need to replace the lifestyle they're hoping for their family versus like just saying your salary times four. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, just because this is the part where life gets, as you were saying, like complicated, but you're going to have two little people. Yes. And then you're definitely the breadwinner. So like if your husband lost you, now he has all that childcare cost by himself and the mortgage, right, on just his salary. And that would be a lot. Right. You're making almost three times as much. Okay. That was really helpful. Man, we're going through it all today. We are. This has been fantastic. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't overwhelm (laughs) you. I'm like, oh, wait, we should also do this. No, I love this stuff. And I've had a lot of questions. So this has been really helpful. Your husband can do the life insurance now. You might as well have him do it now. And then you just have to wait till you're not pregnant. Okay. And then the other really adulting thing is you should have a will and you should have a guardianship provision of who would take care of the kids. We actually are in the process of working with an estate planning lawyer to do that. Perfect. Yeah. The estate planning attorney did not say you need life insurance or they did. I hope they did. She didn't ask. What? I'm sure she'd be appalled to find out that we didn't. Well, <laughs> we just all we've had is an initial meeting. I just signed the engagement letter. Jeez, Louise. Okay, they should ask, right? Because in the will, it also okay. is going to need to dictate who's in charge of the money. 
right? You and your husband, let's say you listen to everything I say and you both, you get the work benefit because you'd always reduce your work benefit, right? Right. Like the work insurance. So let's say your husband can go get it online right away. Then you don't even really need to cover him through work. If you don't want to have his own policy. And the reason I like your own policy, even if it Mm -hmm. costs a little bit more, it is not tied to work. I swear to God, this happened. Retired from work. And this is a terrible situation. And the family thought, because people think this, that the life insurance, like the three times salary was like a permanent benefit. I don't know why they they thought like, oh, our mom has like three times life insurance on her salary. And I was like, well, I thought she retired. And like, yeah, she did retire. I'm like, unless she took it with her and is paying that, that doesn't exist. And they like, she's in hospice. And they were like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah positive. It's an employee benefit. She's no longer an employee. She's separated from service. She's retired. You don't continue to pay benefits for people who don't work there anymore. Yeah. And so like, that's why it's worth paying more because your policy doesn't matter if you get laid off and then find out you're sick. Right. You can't go get insurance then. Or you get laid off and now you need to go get a policy, but now you're 50 or 55. These are all things that can happen. And unfortunately, I see all these things. Hopefully the attorney, I'm, this is the next question. She may have asked and maybe I told her I was working on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> because what's going to happen is God forbid you and your husband die in a plane crash and it's just the two minor children, the money needs to right go to them. Yes. But babies, they're not legal of legal age. They can't inherit. We'll just say you have a million dollars between the two of you. They can inherit a million dollars. They can, can't hand a three-year-old a million dollars. So it has to be dictated in the will that it's called a springing trust, that it would go into a trust and who's in charge of the trust, who's going to be in charge of the money for the children. Right. And then who's in charge of caretaking for the children. We did talk about that. Okay. Yeah. We talked about guardianship and then like our current assets, like how we'd want that given to our daughter and that was discussed. Okay. Cause retirement and like life insurance proceeds are after tax and retirement is they're different. The, the attorney okay. might not know. I'll bring this up okay, with her. Yeah. <laughs> she seemed good. So she seems good. Okay. Yeah. So for instance, with the life insurance, it's after tax pays out, right? So it's cash. You get the 600,000 mm-hmm. and $600,000 paid out. It's not like a retirement plan. So Maybe you don't want your children to have access to that money at 18. My experience, 18-year-olds do not make the best decisions. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then like that should be like, okay, they don't get access. So there's rules around retirement. So you're not going to have as much control. But with the life insurance money, after tax money, you have full control over that. You've already paid tax. When you haven't paid tax on money, the government dictates a lot of what happens with rules. Okay. When it's your private money, meaning you've already paid tax, it's your money, which would be life insurance. You have a lot more control over that. And so what you would want to say is like, maybe the, I don't know, do you have a sibling that you really like? I do have a sibling. Okay. Yes. So your sibling is in charge of the trust and will admin the trust for the benefit of the children. And they are not able to get the money until they're 25. They get a portion and at 30, they get the remainder. Cause at 30, you make good decisions. At 25, some people make good decisions too, but at 18, true, you just don't know. Yeah. We didn't even explore 18 as a potential starting age okay, for good. the trust. We talked about this. Okay. So <laughs> I think it, it might have been 25, 30, 35. We were going to like split it up. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. The rules for an inherited IRA are completely different than how you would handle life insurance money. Interesting. Okay. I'll bring this up with her. Just because the government, the way it works is retirement accounts are tax deferred accounts. So the government is incentivizing you to save for retirement and then they're therefore giving you tax benefits to encourage that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so therefore they're your partner in that. There are rules and regulations that surround that for those benefits. All right. Amazing. We did a lot today. 
We did. This was super helpful. Cool. Well, I am glad. So you have a little bit of homework, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> Once this is all like squared away, you like have all the adult things checked off, everything is covered, any future problems. And I really do believe that by like taking care of it, it's like good karma. We'll hopefully we'll never use any of it. The goal is to like spend all the money on this stuff and then never use it. Hope it's right. never used. Yes. Yeah. It's better to have a plan than no plan. So especially with babies and yeah, little people. Exactly. Okay. Amazing. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was action-packed today. Thanks so much for having me. It was really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And for all of our lovely listeners, if you like the show, please rate and review us. And you can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Future Rich Podcast for our most up-to-date information. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.